0: G'day guys and welcome back to the Dylan Friends Podcast. This week, it's big again, Luke Shuey. Luke is the captain of the mighty West Coast Eagles in the Australian Football League. He's played 201 games and kicked 136 goals. He's also a premiership player and a Norm Smith medalist in the 2018 grand final win over the Pies. Being the absolute legend of a bloke he is, he's jumped into the podcast head first and this is big for me. He's one of my favourite players, and you'll learn I've loved him for a very long time. We touch on it all, early days playing school footy at Marcelin in the AGSV, his first few years at West Coast struggling with injury, playing in big games, kicking clutch goals, and probably one of the best games I've ever seen. The 2018 Grand Final versus Collingwood, Dom Sheed, thank you. We also touch on how he met his beautiful wife, and we get to the bottom of some strange conjecture about when is the right age to stop being breastfed. Thanks again to this man for his time and his generosity on the show. I hope
1: you enjoyed as much as I
0: did. Let's go.
1: Welcome to the Dylan Friends Podcast. My name is Deborah, Dylan's mum. Strap yourselves in for some lighthearted and wholesome fun, and don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Luke, Shui, where are you,
0: mate? Ah, uh, jeez, I um. I, I say this a lot, but I am genuinely excited for this episode, mate. It's, it's been a while in the making, and to say that there's been some underlying issues around this as well, and, and longer than what you think. So, firstly, mate, I want to get into that, but firstly, welcome to the Dylan Friends Podcast.
2: Thanks, mate. Long, long time listener. first time guest. Been waiting a while, but um, you finally reached yeah. out, and I'm glad you did.
0: Well, it's, it's funny you say that, mate, because there's been a, a few things that have happened in our past, and... It's gonna get it's gonna be really interesting to get your opinion on this because there's been a few things that, you know, I've lost sleep over in the past about our relationship. And I don't know if you feel the same way, but I really care about you. And I'm just hoping yeah. by the I'm just hoping by the end of Mate. this we can really put it to bed of what's happened. Um, I wanna start by by this, okay? What's your first memories of, of our meeting?
2: Well, see I'm before we get into it, I'm getting a sense that we've um We've had a
0: couple of run-ins, be it good or bad, that <laughs> I don't really know about. Well, mate, I, I want <laughs> so I don't think you're going to remember this. Done. No, it's, oh, well, that could be one of them. But this is the first one that really this this kept me up for about eight years of my life. Um, <laughs> now you're obviously a prestigious player at the Marsland uh, School of Arts, um, and football. They Marsland College. It's a well-known football factory, and you're the, you're the poster boy. Oh, and no. in uh, year we, in playing year playing twelve. In no, no, we didn't play it against each other. I was year seven, okay. You were year twelve, and at an early age, you were already, you know, my hero. And you went to Marsland. I went to Ivanhoe. Oh, right. So I was at Ivanhoe. I was at the other school. There's a massive rivalry there. It's like a rivalry where yep. Ivanhoe really suck at footy, and footy and Marsland would always just beat okay. us up. But basically, this day, and I'll, I'll never forget it. It was down at um, Charlesworth Park, and I think that year you guys were pretty much undefeated. You had an incredible list, which we'll get into later, but. I was water boy. I was in Year 7. And I was watching one of my heroes, Luke Shuey, run around. And at this age, you think I'm joking, but at this age, for some reason, I was obsessed with the TAC Cup. Anyway, I'm, I'm handing out water, and we're getting beat by about 100 points. I thought, look, fuck it. While I'm here, I'm just going to try and give Luke Shuey some water and just see if he acknowledges me. So I think you'd probably had you'd had 40 and kicked four by then, and I was in my Ivano spray jacket, and I went up to you and said, hey, Luke, you want some water? You look through me. Through me. I have never felt as I lo- I look through you. you look through me. I have never felt as low as shark shit in my life. And it it's honestly kept me up since.
2: <laughs> oh look, I can confidently say I don't remember that. Um, <laughs> and look, I I must admit, your name was getting thrown around as you started to play a lot of you know, school footy and come through the ranks. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're you're a bit known around the trap, so I got to know you then. But I can't say I remember you as a year seven water boy um, at Charlesworth Park. I do remember the day. I remember, um, I remember playing Ivanhoe in year twelve at Ivanow, and yet we uh, we had a pretty good day. So we did <laughs> most of the time against Ivanhoe. <laughs> but um, mate, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't remember you.
0: Okay, well I'll forgive you for that one. I'll forgive you. So anyway. Eight years later, we finally get the next chance to reconnect um, and we chat on Instagram and, you, you know, you slide into – we chat we chatting. So you slide into my DMs, you say, man, I'm a massive fan of the show. I said, yeah, no shit, everyone is, mate. And um, obviously with this back of the mind, I've still been hurt by this first meeting, but I thought, no, nah, I'm going to give it another chance. So I said, this looks shilly. Again, he's one of my heroes. I've got to, I've got to send him some merch. So I, send, I sent you some some T-shirt. You're wearing it now. sent you a T-shirt and a jumper. And I thought, oh, my God, here we go. I'm finally, eight years later, going to be best mate to Luke, Shui. Now, I know Perth is a long way away. It's, it's a far distance. But it doesn't take six months for these things to get there. And I, I took the tracking. I, I knew it arrived. And I thought, that's strange. Maybe he didn't get it. But truth be told, you've got it on. I never heard one thing back since that moment. And it just begs Were you just there for the free merch? Or did you actually want to be friends?
2: Are you, are you sure the coronavirus Border shutdown didn't come into play <laughs> a long time ago, because, mate, I remember you hit me up about it when we next saw each other, and I'd only received it like two weeks earlier. Okay, mate, how about this? How about this? While we're going live now, I'll take a selfie. Yeah, that's
0: nice.
2: Do that. Yes, and, and with the merch on, you're gonna do it. All right. I, I do owe you a plug not I we'll get this selfie, killing friends, background plugs.
0: Perfect so that, That's a bit slow to get it up there and That's huge get the name out there. I, so do I do appreciate do it, that mate. No, don't be silly And Last but not least I thought to myself Because again I have been staying up Late at night Thinking about this And I, I was Everything was rattling in my head Thinking Maybe I've done something wrong Maybe I've done something wrong And One night I woke up In a sweat And it hit me I knew what had happened It was Round 8 2015 Carlton versus West Coast Etihad Stadium
1: From the bar- this is going to be fresh. Lucas with some mackies Hands it up. Kick from Buckley. Back from the deck. Scores a
0: level. You can't tell me you don't remember that game. That was on me, wasn't it? That was on you. I said, yeah. Luke, shall do not let Dylan Buckley out the back of his stoppage and get sucked in like that ever again?
2: <laughs> uh, you know, that nearly cost me my career. I copped one of the all-time great, <laughs> great goals, um, But you... You know what? I can confidently say I wasn't the first bloke you did that to and I definitely wasn't the last, mate. You were very good at sneaking out the back somehow.
0: <laughs> mate, and look, I don't want to put words in your mouth but to say that that was a defining moment in, you, in your career and you look at it now you're the captain of an AFL club you're a premiership player, a Norm Smith medalist that we'll all get on and I feel that I had something to do with that in that little bit of play there.
2: Well, to play 12 years in this competition mate, there's got to be some really down times and for <laughs> me that was one of them. That was you won that night too, didn't you? We did. Yeah. Well, probably because of me. So I learnt my lesson that night, and they, they do say you play on the best players, you learn the toughest lessons, and that was um, no exception.
0: No, I'm right, mate. And to be honest, look, I'm just so happy to put this feud to bed. It's finished um, once and for all. We can um, we can put it to bed, and we'll get into it. Now, mate, we we touched on it earlier. and Footy Club, one of the biggest football factories back in the day, and we touched on it earlier. You had a fantastic team. Um, who was who was playing? Who was running around with you back then? Ah,
2: uh, yeah, we. were... Pretty good for a few years, fortunately. We had uh, a few blokes get drafted. So Luke Stanton got rookie to Kelton. Um, so he was a big boy, um, dominated school footy. Dave Zaharakis um, played a lot of footy with Zaka. Um, and then I reckon four or five of our best mates were also really good footballers who um, never went on to um, play AFL. But um, junior footy, uh, they, they dominated. Um, a few years later, we had Bont come through in Marcellin. Clearly yep. the best thing to come out of Marston, the big one. Oh, it's questionable. Um, yeah, well, behind my enter score, obviously, <laughs> of 38. Um, Jackie Nune's come through um, a few years later as well. So, some good names, yeah, to come out of Marston. Steve Silvani, Gavin Brown back in the day.
1: And um,
0: what about um, that AGSV at that time? Because, like, you know, the APS gets pumped up a lot, and I like to be loyal to my school. I, I feel like the AGSV comp was, was just as good.
2: Yeah, I think for years, APS was... Looked at as a stronger division, but you know we used to have those AGS versus APS games. Always win. Well, we we get oh we get APS a couple of hiding. So um, we had oh we had some good names in the AGS. Trent Cochin played at Pegs. Um, there are a few Assumption boys who, who went alright. So yeah, we had some good names over the years, mate. And um, yeah, school footy was good fun. Actually, looking back on it, we had some really good good memories. I dare say so you probably didn't have great memories playing for Ivanhoe, mate.
0: Um, it's funny you mention that uh, I don't I don't have many but you know what there's there's one that brings to mind that we won by one point after the game but there's there's also some sad times for me playing school footy and I think it actually was Marcelin which is something I probably feel like I do need to apologise for you as well obviously the John Bray oval at Marcelin's a fantastic ground um, I actually have to send right some apology letters to John Bray himself because one day I absolutely tore it to shreds and um, I don't think it's recovered quite since that moment but we, we move on from that because it's not about me, mate. Well, this is your show.
2: Mate, in that case, have you written letters of apology to the curators of the MCG, Eddie Had, Adelaide Oval? Oh,
0: yes. MCG. Yes, I have. And yeah, Oz... <laughs>
2: glad, glad we cleared that up.
0: It sounds like you've done the same thing.
2: <laughs> no, no, mate. I'm, I'm not writing letters tearing any grounds up. No, I'll, um, nah, not me, mate. I'm, I'm, I'm not doing the damage that you did on those grounds, that's for sure.
0: It's funny that you're the you're the
1: Norm Smith medalist, and I'm on talking shit. Anyway, you're listening to the Dylan Friends podcast. Oh, thanks so much for hanging out with my son. Growing
0: up, mate, favourite player. I've got I've heard that you might have had a little obsession um, with someone.
1: Um,
2: oh, here we go. Uh, look, I as a young kid, so my old man was a St Kilda fan. So I guess as a real young young fella, I was sort of forced into going for St Kilda, and then jumped ship to Melbourne. Um, years later, and I guess I never really followed a team too passionately. But, yeah, when I got to maybe 14, 15, and started to take footy pretty serious and knew it was what I wanted to do, I, I just really enjoyed watching the stars at the competition. Um, and like millions of kids out there, Juddy was probably one that I, um, yeah, had a fair man crush on. Um, my best mate in Melbourne was actually a West Coast fan uh, growing up. So we used to uh, finish our footy on a Sunday. Go back to his house and West Coast, obviously playing every Sunday back then. We'd go back and watch Duddy do his thing, and this was in his West Coast heyday, where he was, um, you know, by so far the best player in the competition. So um, enjoyed watching him, and um, yeah, did up until he uh, finished his career at Carlton. I'm sure you taught him a few things along the way, though, mate.
0: Oh, plenty of things. I, I don't get enough credit for that. Um, in saying that, though, I've heard that one day in a grand final parade, you've rocked up. With a mate, with a handmade sign, Juddy for PM.
2: Yeah, I was there. That wasn't my sign, but yeah, <laughs> I was there. And, and um, my mate got on, I think he, was, he was, might have got his head on the uh, lead news story that night on Channel 10 or something. Um, but it was funny, when I got to West Coast at the end of 08, they handed all the families like a welcome to West Coast DVD. And it was just three or four minutes of great memories over the last you know 10 years. And he was actually on it. There was They grabbed the news clip vision from um, that Grad Bonner Parade, and he got a gig on this DVD. And there I was in the background, and no one really picked up on it. <laughs> but um, that, that spun me out a little bit, yeah. But uh, no, mate, I was a big Judge Lee fan.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's hard not to be at that age. Um, we'll move on to West Coast, mate. Picked up 18th pick in the 2008 draft. What was it like moving over at that age? Because I know for me, I would have struggled to move interstate at at a young age.
2: Yeah, mate, I was not on, on with it to be honest. Um, I, I get, you know, I got empathy for guys who get homesick and, and that sort of thing because, um, you know, I get the family's a big part of everyone's life. But for me, it it wasn't an issue. I still love, you know, I still have my family, my mates. Um, but I was so excited just to start the next chapter and um, do what I. I guess i had been wanting to do for all my life, really, and that was be part of an AFL club. So, got over here. Um, pretty lucky from a sense that um, really wealthy club, um, really well run, um, and just yeah, in a really good position to help kids who come from interstate feel at home. So, uh, I was lucky in that regard. Um, yeah, just just really really stoked to be on an AFL list after. Um, you know, I guess when I was under sixteen, seventeen, eighteen years, I wasn't, I wasn't really a, a dominant player who was a Monty to be drafted. So um, to actually get the opportunity, yeah, I was stuck.
0: And what were your first few likes over uh, first few years like over there? I know you had a couple of injury struggles early days, um, but it all worked out for the better. What were those first few years like?
2: Yeah, I didn't play a lot of footy in my first two years. Um, so my first season. Um, had a combination of um, OP, it was back then, um, broken leg and a couple of hernia surgeries. So I really only played, I think, maybe two reserves games at, at Waffle coming back from injury and then got re-injured. So my first year was a complete wipeout. Um, and my second year, I was fortunate enough to debut round one, um, played the first three games and then got injured again and had a, a bit of glandular fever midway through the year trying to come back. So that wiped out pretty much the rest of the year. And um, again, fortunate enough to play the last three games, but we actually got the wooden spoon that year. So um, all of my six games uh, were losses, uh, pretty convincing ones too. Um, so that wasn't a lot of fun, but I was just stoked to you know, play a bit of AFL and, and get a taste for it, I guess.
0: One thing I've got more than you made is wooden spoons. So don't, don't stress too much about that. Um, it was where do you, obviously. Where do you keep them? Oh, I've got them hung up somewhere. Um, I'm waiting to move He's into the nice. new place, and I'll I'll get a nice little room for them. Um, as you said, it was funny that I'd never really realised that West Coast had actually won a wooden spoon. But thinking they're a pretty successful club, and as you said, they come from a lot of money. What do you think it makes it such a good place to be? Like you, you really rarely ever see people leave the Eagles.
2: Yeah, uh, well, except for the greatest play we ever had. Um, yeah, I don't know, I, it'd be team. interesting to see if, Well, he knew yeah. you were going to Kelton
0: Yeah, well, yeah, that yeah. could be an answer
2: So, um, I, I think it's a combination of, yeah, on-field success I think for, you know, a lot of West Coast existence they've, well, We've found ways to um, perform pretty well most years But um, the other one is good people You know, really well run by CEO, Trevor Nisbet um, And along the journey, there's, there's been a lot of really good coaches not just senior coaches, but, um, you know, line and assistant coaches underneath them that uh, just make it a really enjoyable place to be at. And um, Yeah, I, I guess that plays a, a big role in guys wanting to hang around as well.
0: And I know you came runner-up in the Rising Star, but an interesting, to- like, an interesting question I always like to ask, guys, I suppose I never really always felt that I was, like, at the level. Like, I knew I could play AFL and I knew I was good enough to play. But was there a moment for you that you knew you were, you were going to play every week or did you sort of play on the edge and never really want to have that mindset?
2: No, I don't know, man. I, no, definitely not back then. No, it was, um, you know, I was still a little bit starstruck from the guys that were around me back, at, back in the day and um, at that time. And, um, you know, I had, 2011 year where I did come it up in the Rising Star, which a lot of guys, mind you, to remind me I was 21 and three years into the competition. Yeah, so you'll, I you're you're really pretty old. Yeah. <laughs> if I had won, I would have had to get up there in my Zimmer frame and check the hand out. But um, I think that that year I played every game, which I was I was very lucky to do, and um finished top five in the best and fairest But I had there would have been three or four games where I stunk it up, and um, no doubt would have been close to getting dropped. I had a conversation with Bush after one particular game, and he said, um, you know, I've him telling me that my spot was was under pressure, and I needed to find a way to perform pretty quick. Um, so it wasn't as though I was a walk-up start every week by any stretch of the imagination.
0: It's interesting, man. I want to fast-forward to 2015, which obviously was a, was a good year for the club. Um, it didn't finish the way you hoped, but I've heard you sort of speak a, a couple of times about this, and the grand final and what you learned from it?
2: Um, yeah, look, I've, I've never liked the saying you have to lose one to win one. I think that's bullshit because there's a lot of guys who don't lose one before they win one. So I don't believe in that, but I, I do think if you, if you lose one, there's a lot of really good lessons to take out of it. And so that was that was our biggest thing back in 2015 was, was what can we learn from it, um, particularly against arguably the best who over the last, I don't know, maybe since, Brisbane, oh one oh two oh three, um, you know Hawthorne were the benchmark for so long, so there were definitely lessons to take out of it. And um, everyone says, you know, being fortunate enough to get back there in, in 2018, everyone says, oh, uh, you know, 2015 was four, four years ago, three years ago. Don't think about it, but it, it's hard not to. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to lose two grand finals and be open two. So um, no doubt we different guys thought about it throughout the week individually. It wasn't something we discussed as a group, but it definitely crosses your mind because it, you know, 2015, you talk about defining moments in careers. I'm sure that was um, one of them for a lot of us.
0: Definitely. Does it make it a lot sweeter, though, knowing that, you know, that's the other spe- other side of the spectrum?
2: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I can't now compare what it would be like to win your first one. So I, I don't know, but, it, you know, the, the down of 2015... Um, in terms of you know the high of winning one, um, it's just complete opposite ends of the spectrum. So you know maybe maybe you look back on 2015 and um, you know maybe you are a little bit more um, appreciative of what we were able to achieve in 2018. But um, I'd like to think if we had have won one before losing one, I still would have understood you know how special it, it really was.
1: You're listening to the Dylan Friends podcast. Dylan, is your friend staying for dinner? I know there was something you did
0: learn over that time, and in 2017 it really came to fruition, and it was the clutchness. It was just, it was just that goat mentality. It was just give the ball to Shoe Man, Shoe Man will do the rest. I want to play you some audio. So you got to talk me through this because this, I remember watching this man. I honestly remember watching it on the couch. I think I uploaded a photo. I was that excited. Again, this relationship we've had that was one way. Um, I just loved it.
1: Is going to be fresh Lucas
0: Wilson. That was my goal Whoops <laughs> <laughs> Well done Well done I like that goal Don't pretend that was an accident That was not an accident Fans can't bear to watch The season Down to this Extra time Shuey Taken high by Pollack free kick Free kick for Luke Shuey The clock What were you thinking at this time? You got to override it. A
2: kick after the siren. I was thinking, oh, I can't believe I've get away. I've gotten away with ducking again. Yeah, <laughs> so it's, it's, it's getting out of control.
0: <laughs> siren goes. Though. are you thinking? Yeah, I've got. Did you even think about it?
2: Um, I remember, I remember looking up and the runner came out and he said to me, "Mate, there's five seconds to go." You kick this, we win. I thought, no shit, mate.
0: Here it is. He's kicked the goal. The Eagles have won. That must be one of the best feelings ever. You know, I I kicked that one against you guys, which was probably the best feeling that I've ever had. Um, it wasn't quite at the same stake, and wasn't quite as good as goal. But talk me through that. Must have been unbelievable. The ride back to to Perth on the plane must have been good. It
2: was. Yeah, it was pretty cool, man. I, I guess if I take if I take my um. Myself out of the situation, just to win a final in overtime was, was pretty cool. Like, I, I don't know how many overtime finals have been. I remember watching West Coast in one against Collingwood uh, before I was drafted. But to actually playing, that was a cool experience. Um, I remember my my now wife was over there for that game. And um, we actually stayed in Adelaide that night. I remember sitting in the hotel room with her. And I just I just couldn't get to sleep. I was just, yeah, I was buzzing. Um but yeah, no. next week against GWS. Were
0: you there at that stage? No, no, I wasn't. I remember that one too. That was hectic. Um, Nat Nui with the snap goal. Yeah, like,
2: no, 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 no. The the week after the Port Adelaide final, we played GWS uh, up in Sydney.
0: Which one was and that? They just it. Oh, yes, yes, oh, yes.
2: Oh, I don't, yeah, they won by about. 100. Yeah, it got ugly. Um, so anyway, the the high of the Port Adelaide game was. Um, yeah, we got brought back down to earth pretty quick.
0: And you touched on earlier with the, with the, the shrug. Um, who invented that? Was, do, you, do you claim it or do you reckon it was Salwood? So
2: well, he's been playing a lot longer than me. Uh-huh. You know, I, I can honestly say my intention was never to get a free kick there. Right?
0: You're just trying to get them off you. you.
2: You're taught growing up. Well, mate, you're taught growing up to stay low when you get the ball right harder to tackle and when someone actually tackles you around your arms what are like what else are you supposed to do with your arms just let them tackle you like if yeah. you, you didn't want to sh- shrug them off of course you can lift your arms up you I'll know? tell but you what the only like, oh, people that
0: disagree with that move are the ones who can't do it
2: oh no I'll tell you who the only ones to disagree with that are are the millions of people around the country that don't like the way I play footage.
0: oh they can't be um, that many
2: and oh mate Ah, oh, there's them, trust me. I hear them every time we travel travelling <laughs> um, to States. Particularly to Port Adelaide games. Yeah, well, that's
0: what um, you've literally handedly um, no, broken every, Adelaide, every yeah. single Port Adelaide fan's heart.
2: Yeah. No, it was, a, it was a memorable night. It was, uh yeah, it's a place, as I said, to go to overtime. It's a cool experience.
0: It's huge, mate. And then, I suppose, from that season, um, obviously, as you said, you just didn't take too much further in the final series after that, but that's probably when it built up for the next season. And... 2018, um, obviously a massive year for the club. What are your memories of the year? I suppose throughout. Was there any memories that really stood, stood out at that stage and thought far out were actually full on chance this
2: year? Ah, uh, I, I think a lot of years, um, yeah, for for a lot of the clubs who are up top of the ladder, I guess you're you're confident in your chances every year to to get to the grand final. You yeah? if you if you're not, then you you probably shouldn't be playing. But, um. Was well, a, I can honestly
0: was say I never thought feeling. I was going to win a grand final. <laughs> 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 uh,
2: <laughs> well, you might have been the difference last year against Richmond, mate. Yeah, that's, no,
0: that's true. Leon has to sleep um, with that at night.
2: <laughs> um, there, there was a really good feel amongst the playing group throughout that season. Um, personally, I probably didn't have my best year. Um, I tore a hamstring, I think, maybe round six or seven, and it was a good one. I reckon I spent seven weeks on the sidelines, um, trying to get over that. And then I came back and my first two or three games were garbage. Um, I was real rusty. Um, at the time, my, my wife was pregnant with our, our first child, so our one and only child, Ollie. So I, I guess the distraction from actually having a significant hamstring tear and not being able to play was that you know, we had a healthy, healthy kid on the way. So that was a good reality check for us and a you know, good perspective. Um, fortunate enough to get back in the back end of the year and play some reasonably good footy, um, find some consistency and then obviously the high of um, being part of the premiership side was a nice nice cherry on top of a, a pretty good year.
0: It was mate and it was one of the all time games um, there's so many things I want to touch on about the game but I want to touch on this because it's the big part. Norm Smith mate, you had 34 a goal you received 11 out of 12 possible votes and uh you obviously finished the game the best on on ground. Like, what's what's the way that you approach that? Like, I know you said you just had your first son, but there's got to be some sort of mentality that goes into it, and to be able to bounce back after you know two years earlier losing the game and probably not playing the way you wanted, as you said earlier.
2: Um, my one vivid memory from finals as a collective that year was, um, I hadn't I hadn't been at my best. So my my first final, and then obviously the prelim, um, I played reasonably average, you know, I wasn't at my best, and it hadn't cost us up until that point, but I didn't want to. I didn't want it to cost us that following week. So I I went to Sam Mitchell, who was um, my midfield coach at the time, um, along with Nathan Van Burlo. Uh, but I went to Mitch that week, and I said, mate, um, biggest game of my life this week. Um, I'll do anything to win. I don't care about getting a kick, but I haven't been my best. Um, I want you to sit down tonight, watch my last two games and tell me what I need to do to play well. So he came back to me a few days later and said um, gave me two simple instructions, really simple and I wrote them on a bit of paper sticky tape to my steering wheel so (laughs) whenever I was in my car it was right in front of me Um, and yeah I, I guess going into the game I had a simpler focus than I ever really did for any game which is Funny to think about considering probably more was on the line than ever before but um, yeah I'd like to think it helped
0: no it definitely did um, it was an incredible game I, I like I remember watching it and just thinking you just honestly had no idea what was going to happen um, have you reflected much on it I know your own performance obviously but have you reflected as a group on how you actually won the game yet
2: yeah? um, once a week we get together and watch the no 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 um, we have had a couple of get-togethers. We um, we had a get-together that obviously that off-season um, at Simo's house and, and watched it as, as a group and had a few beers. That was that was cool. Um, I think we. I actually think we had official meetings that week at the club. Obviously, you have the exit meetings, but I think we actually reviewed a tiny bit of the game on, on what we did well and, and that sort of thing. I can't really remember. I might have been a bit a bit hazy. Yeah, you might have been the done, cordials. Uh, um, yeah, I, I think we spoke probably a, a bit more in depth about it once we came back to pre-season and, and reflected a little bit on it. But, um, obviously, the, the game changes so much from one season to the next. So, we we didn't want to dwell on 2018 too much going into 2019. But, yeah, no, I've, I've seen the game a couple of times and seen a lot of vision here and there at different events and um, maybe in my own time here and there as well.
0: Bodyguard.
1: You're listening to the Dylan Friends Podcast Follow Dill at Dill Buckley and at Dylan Friends
0: Mate, hey, there's a bit of oh audio again God. I want to play Because this gives me goosebumps And I just want to get your opinion on this And I want to hear more about the man himself
1: Turo provides the run Kicks inside 50 McGovern, McGovern What a player What a mark Bruce,
2: what a mark And he goes to Vardy straight away they need to keep going quickly. 2.29 remaining. Ryan with a big mark. Flying Ryan, Ryan. What about that? He plays on. Ball to Sheed's too long. Maynard can't get
1: there. Sheed, did he play on? Did he
0: take a step? Dom Sheed. I love him. Mm. What I, You just don't hear yeah, a lot about well, him. No do I. What's he like?
2: He's a, he's a ripper, mate. He's a, um, you'd actually. Get along fairly well with him. He's a country lad um, from Cowgully. Um, Cowgully. He's uh, yeah laid back. Uh, Loves a beer at the right time, um, and just a he's a good, honest footballer. Mate. The old you know, hard working. Nothing too flashy. Well, nothing too flashy. <laughs> <going granny>. um, <laughs> uh, nothing too flashy about the way he plays. He's tough. Um, he's uh, he's changed a lot over the years. I think when he first came in as a midfielder and especially a dominant midfielder as a, as a young kid, I think a lot of guys think um, the way to play well is get a lot of footy. And not that he not that he put himself before the team or just chased kicks, but um, he's grown, he, he's turned into a player who he will sacrifice a lot in his own game for the good of the team, but he's found ways to impact the game a lot more and just get the footy. And that, that's helped him become a really good player for us. You know, like he. I reckon probably the last two or three years there's been outside talk about his spot in the team and how's he going to find his way into the midfield. And then we signed TK over the off season and everyone's writing, oh, you know, Dom will be the one that gets pushed out. But um, in the small sample size of three games we've had this year, he's he's had 20 tackles, mainly off the, of the half forward flank. So he his ability to adjust different teams and find of impact has been really impressive. But um, him, Maybe I'll
0: hook
2: you up one day. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be really good. Yeah.
0: Um, it, it. To be honest, it just sounds like that's that's West Coast. Really, It's just a well-oiled machine, and and the boys just all sort of play their role. But one thing that you know, I don't think this is uh, a secret, but I heard Adam um, Simpson saying once that he wanted Dom Sheet off the ground at that stage, and he was like really trying to get him off the ground.
2: Yeah, I, I did hear that, and um, so. He still might have been Ford at the time. And we had Mark Lecrae on the bench. So, um, obviously, Mark Lecrae, one of the greatest small forwards in West Coast history, you'd mm. probably want him on in the forward line with two or three minutes to go in a granny. Yes. Um, but obviously, that, that passage of play, being stuck over the far side of the ground, uh, if you do want someone off, it's, it's going to be pretty tough to get him. So, uh, it doesn't surprise me that um, we couldn't get him off, but... Um, <laughs> I actually think that was his one effective kick all day.
0: <laughs> Mate, I just want to know one more thing about Dom Sheet. Does he ever bring that goal up? Because I know if I kicked it, I'd get it tattooed across my forehead.
2: Um, I nearly got it tattooed. Uh, he he doesn't talk about it, right? One bit humble. Uh, if you bring it up with him, he'll, he'll you know, straight through to the keeper. Won't, won't go near it. You get three or four beers into him and... You literally can't stop him from bringing
0: it up. Oh, I, I want to have a beer with him. I need to. Yeah, he's, uh, he's good value, Shida.
2: Good value.
0: Dom Sheet, okay, he's won, He's kicked the goal to put you in front. But the people, a lot of people don't realise the man that saved the match was yours truly, Luke Shuey. You just kicked a point. You you must bring this up after a few cans because you've just kicked a point. We won't go on into that. But I've always <laughs> gone through the points someone's kicked the ball out, they've done the barrel down the middle of the ground, you've marked about 80 metres out, and you've lined up for a shot. Now, there was no way you were ever going to make the distance. I don't know to this day how that you got the 30 <laughs> seconds there to to um, tape, to um run down the clock, but if you weren't there, man, like it, it could have so easily been a score from um, Collingwood.
2: So I... Yes, yeah, so so I still saw a to point, which is like... I love still side as a player, he's a jet. And his um his footy IQ is up there with the best of them. So for him to have the now with, you know, a minute to go in a grand final to rush a point so he can get a clear possession. Like tip of the lid to him. Anyway, so he's rushed a the point. They've had a kick in and for some reason I I don't know why. I just didn't even think about oh, they're probably gonna go up the middle here to win a grand final. So I've started setting up in my normal zone position and Mark Lecrae's given me a bait sort of like, mate, what do you what are you doing standing here? Just go eighty meters down the middle. So um, pretty gassed at that stage. You know, I've waddled um, towards their ball as quick as I can and I can't take credit for actually taking this mark and uh, reading the play because the ball literally found the lap on that kick. I think Braden Maynard went the nori um, out of the goal square and um, I can't claim anything mate. It landed on my chest. Um the only thing I had to do was convince umpire Shawnee Ryan that I was having a shot from the centre circle. So I went back and put the mouth guard in the sock and um, Yeah, I don't know. There was a bit of breeze behind me. Maybe I could have kicked at 80. But uh, it was a pretty, pretty win-free day. So um uh, plonked it in the pocket and let the big fours go to work.
0: I believe in you, mate. Um, celebrations post that, mate. It doesn't <laughs> get much better. As you said earlier, you've just had your first son. You won a premiership. And you're the Norm Smith. What what did you just get up to? I know that there's obviously the after parties, but one thing that I'm always intrigued in that I hear a lot from guys have one flag and when I say guys, pretty much my dad just tells me about this. But at a wealthy club, there's always sponsors that want to take us out on awesome trips after. Was there anything like that for, for you boys?
2: Um nah, No, no no tricks. Um we've got a lot of obviously a lot of people involved with the footy club who um you know, really good people and um, a part of the journey with you. So, want to have a you know bottle of wine with you here and there. Made a bottle of Grange um, to celebrate the grand final that was. Um, but the week, yeah, the week after was was pretty fun, man. Um, Being able to celebrate with the boys and um, we actually went on a players trip a couple of weeks later as a group, so that was good. Where'd you go? Um, we we went our way over to Hong Kong. Well, that's nice. Yeah, so uh, went over there, see the sights, a few beers, how it did. couple. Yeah. Uh, it was just fun. Um, so that was good. And then, mate, it, it gets uh, what one thing I was surprised about was um, uh, how quick actually winning a premiership gets put on the back burner. So I reckon three weeks into off season, we were back into running and training, and yeah. you're already into like, what do I need to do to uh, be right to go next year. Um, which, you know, I, I guess before having won one, you always look at teams that win a flag and you, you just think it's a free pass for a couple of months to celebrate because so much effort and, and energy and time for a lot of us goes into it. So, But yeah, no, we turned the corner pretty quick, mate. And um, I mean, they would get they would get together along the way still where you get together and talk a bit of smack and, and re, you know relive what happened. But uh, at the same time, you're trying to find a balance between that and, um preparation for
0: the next season. Yeah, it's huge, man. And I'm sure there's plenty more to come. Um now that I'm I'm not sort of aligned to a team, I, I'm not just saying this, but for some reason I've always just had this this love for West Coast. I think it was, you know, sort of growing up um watching, you know, Juddy, Cousin, Curry, Dean Cox, and I've got a lot of family over in Perth. So it does spot it does hold a, a special a spot for me. And now that we're obviously rekindled our relationship, mate, um consider <clears> me the new number one ticket holder um actually i'll be number obviously daniel ricardo's i can't move him out of the way but he's he's a good man i'll be i'm happy to just if he's not available one day i can come up and do whatever
2: Mate, i must admit west coast as a whole are a big fan of you as well
0: yeah i have and that's the thing mate i have heard that but i again (laughs) with the whole sort of one after the siren that day again you, you can always rekindle relationships i know that and i'm just sort of putting my best foot forward now to um, to do so. So I'm happy that this is a first step and I know that it's not going to not gonna end here, that's for sure.
2: I was actually surprised we didn't look to Dylan Buckley when this whole SSP program signing... Hey, I do you know,
0: it. fun fact, actually, funny fact about this is... I don't even remember this, but when I got delisted from Carlton, um, thanks for bringing it up, I was obviously out of work and feeling a bit sorry for myself. And there was... I remember speaking to Bainey, my manager, Matt Bain, who's, who's your manager as well. So we share that in common good as man, well. Matty. Great man, Matt Bain. Um, we've probably single-handedly made him a million bucks. Now, the, the split of that money is, you know, we're not going to go into that. It's probably 99% you and then 1% me. But he's a good man, Matt. And there was only two teams that were sniffing around. Okay, I've said that there was one, but there was actually two teams. And when I said sniff, like, you know, the Giants were sniffing. And then I think there was one other team that sniffed and then just walked away, and that was West Coast. They was they were somewhat there sort of keen, and they were sort of looking, they were going, oh, we do need like a small forward to sort of, you know, get the boys up and about when they're a bit flat and whatnot. And um, they said, no, nah, look, we've got this other guy. And at this stage, this player hadn't played a lot of footy. They said, we've got Willie Rioli. We think that he's going to turn into something. So thank God that West Coast didn't do that. Like, not ever saying, I'm not saying that they were going to, Get rid of Willie Rowley and pick me up, but they were saying, "Look, we got this guy that might, you know, we, we we really want to back him in." And that year, I think he kicked like sixty goals and really just lit the stage of the light. So, for your benefit, um, thank God you didn't. And that was the that was the premiership year as well. So I pretty much would have been. You can pretty much say that I'm a premiership player at West Coast. Is what I'm trying to say. <laughs>
2: well, if you want, <laughs> well, if you want to put it like that, I can roll with it. But you know, so you, you got deadly Liss and at the end of. 17. Yes. So that was, yeah, when we dropped. So, mate, maybe if you had have actually been the one we had it gone with, we would have won the grand final by 10 goals.
0: Yeah. You well, just never know. 100%. 100%. Um,
2: look, I, I must admit, I was pretty happy we got Willie. Yeah. Willy, <laughs> <laughs> he's a very good player. Um, but, you know, who knows what the guys uh, would have had in store had we gone with you, mate.
0: Yeah. Well, look. You know, that story's for another day, I think. But, again, you know, I we're think... We're
2: premiership players, mate. Look
1: at
0: this. Premiership yeah, teammates. Yeah, exactly. Premiership much. teammates, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like that.
1: One. You're listening to the Dylan Friends Podcast. Check the tweets at Dylan underscore Buckley.
0: Mate, I want to talk about, look, you're the captain of the AFL club and you, you're obviously a great guy. Early in your career, you were probably... And when I say probably, I didn't know then, but you have been described as a larrikin in early days. How do you think you sort of yeah. adapted now to being the captain of an AFL club. Has anything changed, or do you think that that's sort of how leadership works these days?
2: Um, no, mate, I think, you know, if you, get, if you get lucky enough to be selected as captain, you just need to keep doing what you've done um, up until that point. I, I don't think anyone wants to see you change. Um, I'd like to think I'm here because of who I've been, you know, my whole career. Um, who, did, who described me as a
0: larrikin? Oh, it was many. It wasn't Maddie, was it? Many.
2: Um. Yeah. Look, mate. I I'd like to think I'm I'm here because of where I've been, but um, I guess the yeah you know, the captaincy isn't something I um. If I had to finish my career and, and not have had the privilege of captaining a side, um, it wouldn't be something I'd look back and be disappointed about. You know, it wasn't captaincy wasn't something that I craved. Um, I enjoyed trying to improve as a leader and and be the best leader I could be, but that was only because I wanted to help. You know, guys around me and, and help the footy club um, be successful. Um, and Shannon Hearn over the last five years has been um, been a wonderful captain for us. Obviously premiership captain, that's really special. Um, and I, up until the day he told us that he was um, standing down as captain, I thought he was going to do it until he, he finished his career because he was, you know, he's still playing really good footy. Um, he he was a great captain, still would be if he was doing it, but um, you know he's got his reasons for standing down and. Um yeah, I'm very honoured to be in the position. But, um, as I said, it wasn't something that I necessarily felt like I needed to do while I was playing footy.
0: Huge, mate. But I'm sure that Shannon can take a bit of comfort knowing that at least it is his doppelganger that's taken over from the captaincy. And there is a fair bit of similarities there in, in appearance. So, um, in that aspect, I'm sure he's okay with it.
2: Well, I think, if I, mate, if I shave my head off, I honestly don't think a lot of people will know that there's been a captain be change. <laughs> I can walk out to the coin toss and the umpire will come up and go, G'day Shannon, good luck today.
0: <laughs> mate, I want to touch on your family life because you are a family man and it is evident to see um, all through social media you've got a fantastic little family there, your beautiful partner. Is it wife? Yeah, yeah wife. I knew that. Yeah, lucky, yep. lucky enough for her, mate. Yeah, yep. married. So. Yeah, I just didn't get the invite. So that's alright. Um, beautiful partner, uh, wife, Danny. and
2: Mate, Your your wedding invite must have, been getting delivered by the same mailman that dropped your Dylan Friends merch off to me (laughs) someone's stitching that not rocked up yet nah that's that's right. I'll let you know you wouldn't read about it
0: and your son Ollie obviously how has that changed your life now from you know a young man to to a father a handsome father
2: oh massively mate yeah it's it's a big change Um, all for the better obviously Um, yeah absolutely love time spent with the family mate it's um yeah it's completely um Completely different side of life than um, the footy world, which is which is good. You know, you come home and you you've just got a whole other list of um, responsibilities and, and duties as a father. So it uh, it takes your mind off the footy side of things, and um, yeah, mate. I, I guess having a kid, um, as a lot of parents will tell you, is is the most rewarding thing in life, and that's you know that's um, that's alongside you know, playing footy and winning premierships, um, hopefully more. Um, but being a father tops tops all of that, and um, certainly has its challenges. But um, yeah, no regrets along the way, mate. It's, it's awesome fun.
0: I suppose being a father and a parent, uh, you've got to communicate with each, with each other. Um, what was Danny's thoughts on on you being breastfed till you're um, in year seven?
2: She didn't mind it. <laughs> <laughs> she was a roller. <laughs> uh, you know. Did you Can we, did you tune into my live Insta the other night, with Nick? I actually didn't. Is that where but, you got
0: this from? No, I, uh, Nick passed on the information through Tom Hickey, one of uh, a great friend of the show. Um, um, mate, this I, is one of the greatest. What's you tell the story because it's actually hilarious.
2: <laughs> what story, mate? I didn't get breastfed until I was seven. No, That's but no wasn't it?
0: Wasn't me? it your? Wasn't it Danny's brother?
2: Oh yeah, he yeah. So someone made up a rumor. Or someone said it to me one night, like, oh, you were breastfed, you seven, as a gag. And it was funny. I had a little laugh. Yeah. And then Danny's, Danny's brother, Adam, went on my Wikipedia
0: page and, just,
2: and just, edited it. Like, the final sentence was, um, one thing people may not know about Luke Shuey is that he was actually breastfed until he was seven. And <laughs> I don't know how long it stayed up. It might still be there. Um, it, it might still it's be there. I haven't checked now. my Wikipedia page since this morning, mate. But, um... <laughs> Yeah, no, that was that was one of the great made up yarns, the uh the rest of it thing. But sometimes I like to roll with it and I tell people the advantages I had of coming off at half time in junior footy and being able to, you know, the calcium get a bit of man. milk into me. Oh. Mate. No wonder I've never broken a bone.
0: The calcium is just it's you're as hard as a cat's head.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so anyway, I actually just my mum told me the other day I was breastfed till I was seven months. So there's oh there's okay numbers.
0: seven yeah. just forgot the months at the end. Okay, fantastic. That's alright.
2: Yeah, so it's still seven. That's good. You got the figure right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and on Danny, mate, obviously you're a lovely uh, Western Australian lady. Um, how did you, you meet of her? Yours, right? Actually, oh there you go. Fantastic. Um, <laughs> wow. Uh, and how did well, how, did, how did you
2: meet her? A bit of a story to that. She's a fan of yours because on our on our honeymoon, yeah. Um. We were driving across Tasmania
0: and we punched out about three of your episodes. She loved it. Mate, I'm honestly like, I probably, best, first, that's probably honestly still. the best day of my life right now that that's been said. You don't know how much that means to me. I forgive you for it's everything better, you've better ever done. Kicking, yes, Better than kicking the winner on me? That's better from kicking the winner on you, bombing one on the G, um, bombing three on the G, sorry. That's better than it all. And I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Your beautiful wife, Danny. How'd you meet her? Talk me through the first date because obviously you've wooed her. You're a handsome man yourself, but um, how did it all play out, mate? Because you're obviously in a fantastic relationship there.
2: Yeah, mate. Well, her celebrity crush was uh, Shannon Hearn, So um, <laughs> when I found that out, I uh, <laughs> I was quick to. Swear. Um. Now, nah, in all honesty, mate, uh, I signed up to be a radio guest for one of the local radio shows over here, and she was working at the radio station at the time. So, um. Yeah, she couldn't keep her hands or eyes off me. And um, our, our first date was actually a, a coffee date on the morning of one of my games. Um, was it at the Dome? Um, no, no, she wasn't that lucky. That I, I that know that everyone dome, loves no. a Dome in Perth. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of... Oh, I sort of fizzled out now, I think. Okay. Um, but I my routine used to be so of the pre-Oliver. Now, it's, there is no routine with an 18-month-old, but um, pre-fatherhood my routine was that I had to be out of the house before nine o'clock because otherwise i just felt like a sloth, you know, just felt sluggish. I had to get out and get going. So I'd get out and go go to the beach for a swim or go for a coffee. And I thought, um, you know, I'm nervous on game day anyway. So I'm going to be nervous on the first date. I might as well combine the two and see if it helps either or. Um, turns out she didn't return my calls and I played a stinker that night. So, um, didn't really work out either way, but, uh, now, we went for went for a coffee on game day, and I remember wearing a jumper because it was a bit nippy in the morning, and we would have sat there for an hour and a bit, two, that um, got along really well, and three, and as the coffee date got longer, I started to sweat bullets in this jumper, and it was oh. a tight jumper, so I, I didn't want to go to the effort of having to, like, pull it off because I could have that awkward moment where it it stuck her in your head, and I just didn't want that on a date. So I thought I'll try ride it out. She think I'm getting nervous for this date. Like I started just fizzing out. Um, you talk about crumbling under pressure, mate. I, that was one hundred and one. Um, but anyway, lucky enough that she she did come crawling back, and here we are, seven years later, um, six years later, and married with the child. So must have done something right.
0: Sure has, mate. And I think that you know, obviously from my research and the boys say uh she's a lot more fun to hang out with within yourself at some stage so you've obviously got a, a great catch there but one thing that the boys also like to say and I, i'm pretty sure you're in the man cave at the moment which looks fantastic you've got your own man cave but to get into the man cave you have to give her a foot massage
2: you wouldn't have spoken it uh, oh that'd be that'd be Nick, um <laughs> mate there is no truth to that river um there's <laughs> You know what? If she wants the man cave, she can have it. I'll have the house upstairs. Um, I I cop a lot of shit that she owns the keys to the man cave, and yeah, the only way I can get them is by giving her a foot massage. But, <laughs> mate, <laughs> um, a wise old man once said, "Do what you got to do."
0: Happy wife, and happy wise old life. Man with me. And to finish up, mate, I always like happy to wife, ask these life. questions. Are you married? Oh, not yet. Not yet. I uh, we we were gonna get married, but um the coronavirus has, oh, yeah, has set us back. Oh, right. And uh, right I, I'm feeling that isolation might be setting us back on the on the wedding as well. I don't think I'm your favourite person at the moment. <laughs> I don't
2: think any of us are, mate. But anyway.
1: You're listening to the Dylan Friends Podcast. Be yourself. Everyone else is taken. Mate, to finish up, I
0: always like to ask these questions um, and I just like to ask these because I feel like people learn a lot from them. I learn a lot from them. But has there been... I suppose the defining moment in your life that has got you to where you are now.
2: Oh, I guess, mate, from a footy sense, playing twelve years of footy there's always going to be moments that you learn from and um, you know experiences along the way that you, you come out the other side a better person, hopefully a better player for. Um, plenty of that and plenty of um, yeah, plenty of downtime from a, a footy point of view where I've, you know, I haven't been playing well or um, caught some good. Bakes along the way and um, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'd love to give you an inspirational story of where it all, um, where something turned around for me, and um, I was able to play good footy after that. But uh, nothing springs to mind, mate. My my sister passed away in uh, 2009, so um, I, I guess going through that, you you learn a lot as a person and, and um, about probably what you value in life. So um, you yeah, know, it's hard to compare what life would be now um if that hadn't have happened but um you know i'm tipping it's probably changed me for the better in, in one way or another but um yeah no real inspirational story where uh, everything turned around for me mate sorry about that
0: no mate it's, it's an inspiration mate that story is definitely um an inspiration in itself and the way that you've you've handled yourself in those times obviously you know i, I did i did know that and i, I was hoping that you would be open enough to, to chat about it because I feel like it is something that has obviously had a massive impact on your life and the things that you do now, um, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it's obviously to to try and make you know her proud and to to get by, I suppose, like that. And that's probably the fondest memories that you can have.
2: Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, I'd like to think that I would have, um, you know, valued friendships and, and family very highly had that not have happened. But um, yeah, no doubt it's taught me to, treasure the ones that are close to you and um, you know be thankful for, for what you have in life because it it is um, life can be very fragile at, at times for a lot of people and obviously um, you know plenty of people across the AFL players coaches um, you know a lot of people go through you know hardship at, at different times so yeah you know, I'm not the first bike to go through something like that and unfortunately I won't be the last but um, yeah, yeah everyone learns from from different experiences made and I guess one thing I've yeah, hold close to my heart now is is the value of family and um, you know having people in your corner when you need them.
0: No, I it's like beautiful. Exactly right. It's beautiful, mate. It shows through your character and shows you the way that you you treat your family now. And again, I've only seen this through through social media and whatnot, but it just seems like such a, a loving group. And um, you're a great man, and I'm I'm blessed to have had you on the show, mate. To finish, I'm a, I love my mottos. I love my quotes. Um, I like learning these ones. Have you got one for me?
2: Oh mate, I don't have a motto for you, um, and I know you sent me a little <laughs> runcit beforehand, but I, I didn't even think to Google inspirational.
0: No, it. it's like if you don't have one, you can't. You don't need to make one up. It was more just if you had one.
2: I'll tell you what I do. I'll tell you what I do say to my wife Danielle a lot. It do, yeah, it doesn't have to be inspirational. It can
0: just be. It can just yeah, be advice. Okay.
2: All right, so my my thing to Danny is that there's certain things around the house that need to be done, you know, and I'm I'm aware of that. I'm the man of the house. I'll do the hard, the heavy lifting jobs. I just don't need to be reminded about it every ten months. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, get off my back; it will get done.
0: I love that one. That is, I'm going to adapt. I'm, that is one. So that could probably even be the best advice I've ever got, especially at the time I'm <laughs> in my life now. It's funny, mate. I've you know, and I don't, don't want use that one, mate. I, I don't want to say this too much because it's you know I'm all about equality and whatnot, but I have found that as soon as we've been engaged and it's settled into that sort of mode of being engaged and the wedding's coming up, she's just on my back all the time. Like, everything I do, it was like, what happened to like, you know, the eight years before this when we were just, you know, like chilling out, like that was awesome. Um, Now it's like, you know, I accidentally bring a rock in on my shoe and like, I have to vacuum the whole house. Uh,
2: wouldn't this be a great topic? What's the stupidest thing you've been in trouble for with your partner? <laughs> and I, you know, I could go for a while, um, mate. I, I dare say it might be the the pressure of you know and the stress, not the pressure, the stress on your beautiful wife of the coronavirus outbreak and yeah. having to put the wedding off. Maybe that has. Let's give her the benefit of the doubt here. Right? The you coronavirus the is my side. fault, mate. <laughs> You you do strike me as an unhygienic little prick. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's give your wife to be the uh, the benefit of the doubt yeah. here, mate. And maybe the the stress of you know the wedding and organising and having put off maybe is, is getting to her a little bit. But um, I promise you, you'll come out the other side, and she'll be what's her name?
0: Justine, Jazzy Bay. The
2: same old Justine. you yeah. always knew, mate.
0: No, I appreciate that, mate. Last question, mate. What's next for you? I know we're in a trying circumstances at the moment. It's a little bit different. There's no footy, but when we get back into it, what's the goals and um, what do you want to see yourself doing?
2: I'll um, From a footy sense, um, yeah, I've got to be careful not to get footy and, and life mixed up here because there's people going through stuff at the moment that's that's real and you know, yeah. people losing jobs and that sort of thing. So very fortunate that I have a job to go back to. Um, but I, I'd love to get some footy in this year in saying that. Um, love to play a bit of footy and, and hopefully we can get the season underway sooner rather than later. But um, no, nah, mate, off field, um, my wife's gone back to studying this year so she's um, she's studying to be a school teacher so I've, I've found that I'm trying to take a little bit more of the load around the house with Oliver um, and having no footy on at the moment helps a little bit um, hopefully grow the family mate over the next few years and get some, um, get some kids running around and um, see how much longer I can hang on for in the footy world because I'm getting older mate into 30 this year unfortunately
0: Oh, you don't look a day over 29, mate. Um, no. look, get to work. Um, mate, again, I can't thank you enough for my time. I can't thank you enough for your time. Um, it's been unreal. It's It's been fantastic. Um, again, mate, as I said, in all honesty, uh, one of my favourite players. Um, I'm so blessed to have had you on the show. And, um, mate, whatever you need, I'm there. Um, if you need another small forward coming in, um, I'm keeping fit at the moment. I'm doing what I whatever need. Whatever I do. need. Whatever you need Whatever I
2: need Well funny you say that mate I might need a bit of help With my home loan Over the next six months or so Well
0: that's So so that was the That's probably the only thing I can't help you with Um, There was an asterisk Wasn't there Yeah that was That was a fine print (laughs) That was the terms and conditions But in all honesty mate Thanks so much for your time on the show Um, You've already got the merch We know that um, so I might have to send something out to Ollie and Danny, and I, I definitely will do that. And um, send my love to the family. Thanks for listening Thanks
1: to for the Dylan time. Friends Podcast. Ah, good, man, the mate. show Thanks is produced it's by my, Dylan Buckley uh, we'll and Luca uh, Ganano. Uh, Richard Stansbury looks after the audio and editing. Samuel Kenny Creative is responsible for branding and graphic design. And the show is recorded at 3AW Studios, Collins Street, Melbourne. If you would like to contact my son, head to dylanfriends.com or look me up in the white pages and I'll pass it on.